Only poses die, you fucking idiot! Hi everybody, it's Mikey. Welcome to a very special episode of I Don't Want to Hear It. It's our first interview episode. Last week, Shane and I sat down with Jim and Josh from local band Bloomington Cutters. They're a great punk band from Daytona, and they just put out a new EP called Armageddon Levitt Town 2. We had a good conversation. We talked about the new recording, their old band Brownie Points that we've talked about on the podcast before, and a few other things. I just want to say once again, thanks Jim and Josh for sitting down and talking to us, being our first interview. And being that it was our first interview, you, the listener, may notice some questionable audio fidelity. Well, I gotta tell you, we were flying by the seat of our pants. We've never done an on-location interview. We have another one scheduled at the end of the month, so all these issues should be resolved. I tweaked and I compressed and I did all the things that I could. You may just have to turn it up in a few spots, so no big deal. Head over to bloomingtoncutters.bandcamp.com to purchase digital versions of the new EP and last year's LP, Humming Status Singing Quo, both for only seven bucks. You can't beat that. Enjoy the show, everybody. You're very low right now. Okay. Well, I'll speak a little louder and get a little closer. <laughs> oh, sorry, dude. Uh, it's no problem. It's perfectly natural. <laughs> so we are here in beautiful Port Orange, Florida, in, in a wonderful neighborhood, by the way. Yeah. Uh, in Jim's studio, Jim Nefferdorfer's studio. What Jim is it called? Yeah, I know. I did. I mean, too. Jim Points. Dude, for some reason, when I hear your name, I think Nerf Herder. Remember that band? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, great, so that's I always great. had the ER. But Jim Nefferdorf Studio. Now, what is... Do you have a name for it? Not really. It used to be Major or Minor Studios when it was in my garage in my last yeah. house. But this, I just... I kind of call it the vacuum, because nothing ever escapes it. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't release uh, anything. That's so awesome. It's the vacuum. It's like a bunch of lost tapes. Like, everything stays in here. It's recorded and then... Pretty much. Everything will be released posthumously. Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> now, I sat down with you like a year or two ago, maybe three or four at this point, and I interviewed you, and when I got it home, I couldn't hear anything that you said on it, because <laughs> I recorded it on my phone. Yeah. J- you were very soft-spoken, but I, I also recorded it on my phone, which was a, a, a chump move, I guess you could say. And it was actually, it was the pregame for this podcast, so four, uh-huh. five years, full circle, we've come back, and now we're talking to Jim again, and we're only slightly professional yeah we've got a little bit of a setup it's a little bit of it's a setup. enough of a setup. everything's balanced on a stool so you know this is 70 80 bucks worth of stuff right? this is <laughs> definitely <laughs> professional shit <laughs> so what prompted us to come back is your band bloomington cutters just put out a new ep and we wanted to ask you some questions about it have at it so I, I don't know this. You never told me this. I've never heard it from, from Joel or Josh, but why the name? I don't know I don't know what the name is significant of. Uh, Joel picked the name from a movie uh, in the late 1970s starring Dennis Quaid. <laughs> um, it's, and Daniel Stern. Okay. Uh, nice. Uh, it's called Breaking Away. 
Okay. It's a coming of age bicycle racing movie. And uh, the name of the bicycle gang, if you will, is called the Bloomington Cutters. So, Bloomington. So it was like the 70s version of Brink? I don't know what Brink is, but okay. probably. Do you know what Brink is? I have is? a poster I can show you after all this. Okay. Brink was the BMX movie, wasn't it? No, Brink was the skate movie with Team Puppin' Suds. W- with who? Team Puppin' Suds? Do you not know what Brink is? It's upsetting that you don't know I was know too busy it. actually skateboarding No, it's like Brink, full so. of 90s bully haircuts. <laughs> oh, this is 90s? Yeah, it's 90s. This is pre-Gleaming the Cube? Yeah, it's post, post-Gleaming the Cube, I think. Oh, no, yeah, perhaps, I'm sorry, yeah, because Gleaming the Cube is like 85. Yeah. yeah. Now, Gleaming gleaming the Cube, I do remember. This is Disney's version of Gleaming the Cube. I don't want to see it, Sounds then. Sounds great. And with also skaters and not skateboarders. So wait, wait, it was inline skating? Yes. Oh, see, that's what I missed. I missed that, I missed that whole <laughs> Obviously, thing. Obviously, we didn't see you. Yeah, I, didn't, I missed that entire thing. I totally derailed this interview. I'm sorry. <laughs> Get <Next>. out. <laughs> All right, well, that's interesting, because I did not know that, because I did Google the name originally the first time, you know, you guys shared the humming status singing quo with me, and I was like... It's got to be from something. I thought it had something to do with Bad News Bears for some reason. I don't know why, but it just that's what that's the connection I made. It's an, it's just a name. He, <laughs> he picked it and we said fine. <laughs> so, I wanted you to tell us a little bit about how the band got started because I know it's a bit of a project and it's not the, you know, it's not your run of the mill setup as far as practicing and all that type of stuff. No, we've never practiced and never played a show. <laughs> um, <laughs> We'll never practice and probably won't play a show. We were we were very close to playing a show uh, in July, but then schedules didn't work out. And, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's uh, a shame, dude. I would have loved to see it. Uh, it'll happen one of these days. But uh, yeah, essentially we were in a band together many moons ago and uh, have stayed you know, pretty much best of friends since then, going to one another's weddings and bat mitzvahs and bar mitzvahs and none of us are Jewish we never <laughs> I don't know why it's just what came to mind as far as a family affair but anyway uh, and then uh, we did a reunion for that band uh, which uh, was a fun time which was I a really fun liked time. it and uh, just kind of were like hey that was a lot of fun we don't want to resurrect that band by any means and uh, wouldn't it be fun to just like write some punk rock songs and uh, then uh, we said well let's just do it we'll make an EP and then we wrote like seventeen or eighteen songs uh, in a, in the course of about twelve days. Um, yeah, see, that's what that's what I find fascinating is the speed with which you guys <laughs> put shit together. Uh, How much of it have you tossed away? Oh, a lot. Like so, this 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 record that's now that's seven songs, I think seven seven yeah, is what we actually so. put out was seventeen. Also, mm. um, but I just didn't have it in me to mix it or, or like track the rest of it so like we have the songs but they're like you don't you wouldn't need 10 times or or, or 10 more songs on top of the seven we just put out we figured so we figured like that works that's why we call it armageddon levittown part two because part one we never we didn't <laughs> we, we sort of, so there was no part one and there will never be a part one it's just gonna be stuff that's for us uh, and it's for us anyway but um yeah we said if we wait like, Trump won't even be president anymore if we wait to do all this stuff. Like, so that's, uh, yeah, that's how that came about. But, um, yeah, the first record, uh, Josh and Joel pretty much uh, uh, and I started a, a Google Doc where we were um, just sharing lyric ideas. And then they started just spitting out basically full songs worth of lyrics. And I would go in and curate and just say, take this part from this and this to that. None of them had, not a lot of, I don't think any of them really had music or anything like that. And then 
uh, Josh had written like he just started playing bass like three months before. He's a he's a, been a saxophone player for twenty five years, and so he's got a great ear and all that stuff. So he would send me like a little he sent me a little thing on his phone, and uh, I took it and chopped it up and and then turned it into a, the first song, which was called "Tip the Wagon." That was the first song we kind of tried oh, okay. to write. So I added a chorus to it with some of Joel's lyrics, I think. And so I just hodgepodge <laughs> together the song and be like, wouldn't it be rad to do more of this? And so I said, all right, I'm going to try to do five in five days. Get off work, be with the family, come home, like a- after they go to sleep, come down here, take the lyrics, try to build a song around it, and then send it to them if they see if they like it. So it started off to be like four or five days, ended up going 10 days and then 14 days. So it's like I didn't sleep for two weeks and just <laughs> spat out all this stuff and like kind of agreed on arrangements by committee and all that stuff. Um, and yeah, and then took the next like year actually finishing it, like getting Joel to fly out here and sing on it, and Josh to come down. Well, because um, where know. does Joel where does Joel currently live? I'm gonna say that he lives in Arkansas, just by by chance that some of the his coworkers hear this. Ah, uh, yes, so understood. He lives in Arkansas. Yeah, his last name is Murphy. <laughs> yeah, obviously. And uh, <laughs> he is not a teacher. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I deal with the same thing. Yeah. So my last name and not even really my real first name is on anything. Same I've taken name. my name off everything on the internet. So that's where I'm, I'd like to be, <laughs> and where these guys should be, uh, considering their respective professions. But um, Josh lives within our state. He does. Yeah, he's been an hour away. Okay, cool. He's coming to pick up my bigger McCracken costume for something. <laughs> Because <laughs> naturally, I have a bigger McCracken costume. Dude, that's so great. I was supposed to have drinks with Bill Murray last Thursday. How? What, how? how? Just, I, I, I wish you could tell the story. My wife's uncle was in Vietnam with Bill's brother, Ed Murray. Okay. And so the five brothers, Brian Doyle, Bill, Ed, uh, fucking... I don't know the Murray brothers. Mo and Shemp. Anyway, they, they all get together at the Murray brothers restaurant in St. Augustine. Yeah. Like a couple once a time, once or twice a year. And uh, so the last time Bill was up here like t- 8, 10, 12 years ago, uh, Carrie's uncle's like, you should come up. I could like at least get a meet sort of situation. And then we met him, took a picture, and like he looked tired. And it was just like, I feel really bad. So this time he's like, hey, we're getting together. Uh, we're going to have dinner at 5, but afterwards, like, say around 6.15, we're going to go have drinks at the bar. I talked to the guys. You can come hang out with us, have drinks with Bill Murray. And wow. So I'd hang with the boys. And I, I put it in my calendar wrong and uh, had booked tickets for Endgame with my youngest son. Oh, for the shit. And, which we've been talking about for, like, a year. And so the choice was, like, disappoint my kid or go hang out with Bill Murray and be awkward in front of him. So I was like... I chose yeah. Endgame and I stand by it. Yeah. That's a pretty That's good, a good choice, choice, man. Understood. It was a, first of all, it was a phenomenal movie. But uh, see, yeah, I didn't see? say it was bad. I haven't even seen it. I'm just oh well. Then don't let's not talk. Don't, 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 don't. The Avengers, man. I'm just. I'm not. I'm not on board anymore. Okay. That's I'm not. I'm not hating on it. I didn't say it was bad. I know I'll, it's not. All bad. I'm saying is it changed my life. Okay. I can't stop thinking about it. I really can't. Like, it's, it's affecting me it's, yeah. in, a, in a weird way. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm not like that, you know, I, I am that guy. I've seen every movie, and I, like, but it's the thing with me and my kid now. That, like, we get excited, and a family thing, my wife and my other kid. Like, but anyway, that's my Bill Murray story. <laughs> I don't know where, where that came from. Oh, because he's picking up my bigger and McCracken costume. Because I am that big of a Bill Murray fan. So, 
I know that you said you wanted to get the music out before Trump was out of office, but the thing that the thing that surprised me about the new material is I've never known you guys to make fiercely political music, and you know every song has some sort of a reference to it. So grab a chair. I can do that, yeah, or one of those right there. This is Josh, everybody. Josh just walked Coming in. Coming into the podcast. Is this live? This is no. live. <laughs> <laughs> practically live. Close enough. Without a net. You're going to have to be less soft-spoken for this thing. <laughs> um, What's up, man? How you doing? Good, man. Good to see you. Good to see you. You've hey. never known us to be fiercely political, is what you just said? <laughs> yeah, not that I have a problem with it. I think so, it's awesome. So when we were writing the first record... These guys wrote several fiercely political songs that okay. kind of stuck out like a sore thumb with the rest of the stuff, in my opinion. That's what I said. <laughs> and I said, hey, why don't we put those aside for a political EP that we'll follow up afterwards? Okay. That was our, that was, that would have been Armageddon, Levittown, Levittown 1. <laughs> and then we wrote another however many songs on top of the ridiculous amount a ridiculous amount because these guys are pissed <laughs> just mad every conversation with Joel for like I talked to him on the daily yeah we talked on the phone and it was just like can you fucking delete it? buddy I can't I really can't deal with it anymore uh, I'm trying not to think about it I'm willful, willfully ignorant about it uh, at times and so yeah, yeah, all that, that was channeled into a bunch of stuff like uh, Megalomaniacs. Yeah, and dude, <laughs> great. That is Diabetes, a great which song didn't title. Make it on the record, but eventually, next yeah, one. next time around, uh, there's a yeah, there's a there's a lot of uh, really fucked up stuff and the, the stuff that didn't make the cut. <laughs> well, what do you think about you know sort of I, like you just kind of said I, I I've had to sort of mentally remove myself yeah. from it I, I can't follow it I followed it for the first year it was the closest I ever watched the news or politics and I just it got to the point where it, it made me anxious it was taking away from my joy of life agreed and most a lot of that stuff was written during that first year you know, okay it just came out right. now like it was written during the same like that's that time and so we were just obsessed and like you especially <laughs> like like and not in conversation but in the shit when you log into the doc and see the lyrics that came up, you're just like oh my god josh is going through some shit we gotta we gotta get him through that's this real group therapy yeah genuine <laughs> it is genuine group it's been interesting because, like, my it's like I've seen people who are not as political generally become more political during this. Like, my dad has never been one to be very vocal about stuff, and now he's like being incredibly incendiary on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. It's fantastic. Okay, on, on in the in the the left direction. <laughs> yeah, 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 in a good in a good way. Right direction, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, in the right direction. No, we totally support it. <laughs> my dad has become incredibly like tolerant and wonderful about stuff like I mean he always was but it's gotten way better and like he but he will always like he'll like egg people on it's great like his brother he doesn't talk to his brother anymore over it <laughs> where are your folks where are your folks on, in, with things I try to not yeah, yeah, that's talk a good to idea. people I just put it on paper I, and get it out of my system without actually yeah. having to talk to people I saw your mom shit your mom shit talking the record on Instagram yeah. <laughs> your mom shit so talked the there's record there's been two reviews yeah. that I've gotten so far one has been his mother saying glad you know all your states your teachers will be so proud <laughs> and that second, is awesome second review which I think is probably even better is our mutual friend Casey's 12-year-old son. <laughs> Casey was listening to the record in the car with his whole family. Not advisable. Mm -hmm. And he said, this is... He didn't know who it was. He didn't know that it was us because he knows us personally. He was like, this is pretty good. 
but they're a little late to the Trump bandwagon, oh, aren't they? Wow. <laughs> and I was just like, that is so biting and accurate. <laughs> Everything. Like, it was so good. The 12-year-old kid. They're oh, my God. late to the anti-Trump bandwagon. It's so good. That is crazy, so, man. Just as a quick aside, stuff that didn't make it on this record, uh, Adam and Steve, which is basically... Uh, um, if Steve Bannon was posting to a personal ad uh, for some down low homosexual activity, and that if he sort of like, like in Jesus's missing years, uh, Steve was a was a, a, a homosexual that, that basically uh, cured himself, quote unquote, through conversion therapy. <laughs> that is um, like ex banker filmmaker seeking anti Zionist single. Like it starts off with the with the singles ad. Um, That's really that awesome. Is a gr- is probably my one of my favorites that just but it just we we couldn't logistically make it happen. Next yeah. You, say, you say diabetes? <laughs> was there a diabetes Wilford Brimley crazy. reference? That was another, that was <laughs> yes. one of uh, <laughs> sentient beings scream, free markets driven by greed, yeah. hidden connections to disease and childhood obesity strategies. That's one verse. <laughs> it's, you guys sound like, a, I mean, just lyrically, it sounds like a crust punk band. That's crazy. Right? Like an anarcho political band. <laughs> like it sounds like a propaganda pamphlet. Yeah. That's, <laughs> so the third that's record, awesome. which is already like mostly that. written, is no political at all. Okay. That's got songs about his 99 Daewoo and, uh, uh, you know... Emotional attachment to that car. Yeah, vegan eggnog and, like, just dumb shit that is not political at all. And that'll come out in, like, seven years. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the whole Levittown thing, I never really looked it up until I saw it, because I was trying to figure out what the title meant, because I'm like, why is it a two? Now I know why there's a two. But Levittown, they were the... Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they were like the prefab communities, right? Yeah. yeah. Why'd you guys pick that? Uh, that's for the history buff. Because uh, Joel, yeah. Um, that song itself is more like a, a pre-planned community of nuclear fallout shelters. Is the imagery that you yeah. have from it, Yeah, right? it's really cool, man. You're just hunkering down. Hunker down. Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that's cool. <laughs> Interesting. Where it's, do you guys think punk rock is inextricably on the left? Could it be anything else? Does it have to? Does it have to take a stand, or could it, could it be one of the? Because I know there's Republican punks, and they're usually terrible. But um, their you bands are usually there's like there's like Republican punk groups and stuff like that. There was a I remember seeing an article, and maybe it was like AP Magazine, or maybe it was like one of the Warp Tour editions, where they talked about having like a right wing punk vendor at this oh, at, yeah. like that toured with them and everybody was like are you fucking kidding me it doesn't make any sense Michael Graves from the re when the Misfits revamped in the 90s the guy who sang for them instead of Danzig is on record as a huge conservative I mean I, I'm sure I'm, there are tons yeah yeah I'm not uh, yeah I'm, I'm sure there yeah there has to be I guess well, punk, but punk doesn't have to be political yeah, it, it just has to be yeah true and honest. irreverent yeah yeah irreverent <laughs> disrespectful <laughs> people's Values. I like that. Yeah. That's a good answer. And what's more disrespectful of other people's values than the current? <laughs> so, I mean, in truth, it's really quite punk rock to be. Yeah. Right now. If you're wearing one of those red hats and walking around, yeah. that's pretty. that flies in the face of anything decent. That I is pretty so. offensive. Pretty we got to change our strategy. Oh, Nobody's going to buy it. Uh, anyway. So, we know you 
obviously from brownie points, both you guys and Joel. And I just never, not that I, you guys are great songwriters. I mean, I've always, it's always been an inspiration to see a local band do really well and, you know, write awesome songs and shit. But I never saw this type of music coming from you guys. Like it's, it's really, it's really aggressive and it's really raw. And, and what was some of the influences you kind of like got together to do it? What, was, what were you thinking? I think it's mostly just getting old. Yeah. <laughs> I don't give a fuck anymore. Is this is what we really think, and this is yeah. authentic, and this is not as polished or yeah, just throw yeah, it up, throw it out there. No, yeah. no regard whatsoever for whether it would be appealing to anyone, which yeah. is vastly different than the last thing we did 15 years ago, yeah. which where where I think we were all had like these crazy false hopes of like making it whatever that means. Um, yeah. Just from being young and dumb, which which I think you need to be young and dumb to make it right, make it you know quote, to like yeah. have that delusion. Because you get to a certain point and it's so, too much. You know, yeah. you can't you can't think like that anymore. We're devoid of the delusion <laughs> anymore that anybody's going to want to hear it. So we just as long as we want to hear it, yeah, and like want to make it, that's cool. And nobody. You know, as far as we're concerned, nobody probably outside of this room, <laughs> you know, <laughs> would would hear it. But uh, you know, it's that's fine. That's all right. We're not really necessarily making it for other people. I feel like that was like the 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 last couple records that we wrote in our bands were like that. Like it was, and I felt really good. Like they like, and I feel like those were the strongest records that we put out. They were just so much fun to play, and yeah. we didn't really like we didn't really give a shit that anybody heard it. As long as we had fun and we wrote the music that we wanted to, and it was, and it? I'm telling you, those were the most fun records I recorded on. Yeah, they were the best shows we played when nobody would show up, but we just had a blast. Like we just That's, got drunk and played. That's the thing. Yeah, <laughs> and we're it, there was a lot of like on this stuff, just like, wouldn't it be funny? <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if this this section was in six eight and then sped up and it was like a stupid like you know it was, you know just a lot of wouldn't that be stupid and. <laughs> My favorite thing about that is that you talked about like song structure and our our same moment like that was us going, We need a lyric here. I guess we could just say fuck shit. <laughs> like we weren't talking about song structure. <laughs> you're, you're talking about six eight. <laughs> I don't even know what six eight is. <laughs> God damn it. Well, you know, or we we had so probably my favorite musical moment on this EP is me and Josh were actually sitting in here knocking out a song called Authority Annihilation and whatever it's called. What's it called? <laughs> three A's. Three A's, yeah. yeah. And we got to the end and we were like, wouldn't it be cool to have like a little just a little musical part at the end? And he starts playing this thing and it's in thirteen four. Which is a fucking <laughs> ridiculous kind of And I was like, Oh that's cool. He starts just like plunking it away on the bass. And so we took that thirteen four part and turned it into something about pissing in a trough in Wrigley Field. And then just the like second half of a song. Yeah, just oh. like this massive biggest instrumental part in a time signature that you cannot not like bang your head to because you oh because you, you it gets it goes off and it's like yeah. stupid but it's it's funny. <laughs> well, isn't Josh? Isn't your background in? I mean, when we say not just not just playing like punk, but it's in actual music. Well, I'm I'm a saxophone player, really. Yeah. Pretending to play the bass. <laughs> <punk rock band. laughs> That's it. Um, but yeah, I just picked it up for the purpose of playing in this band and Three, on these months. albums. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's awesome. And he's yeah. killing it. 
That's really 40th cool. 40th birthday present. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Bass guitar from these motherfuckers. Uh, we call him the Chuggernaut because he just chugs. Chug, you know. <laughs> Got a little rhythm. Yeah. He, he, he like seriously, four months into playing bass, he tracked ten songs worth of bass in one day. That's really impressive. For the first record, it was insane. <laughs> I was like, you want to keep going? His finger is purple, like because oh, he's playing play with, with one, one finger. finger. <laughs> 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 not, not plucking with a finger, no. fretting. Fret with the yeah. <laughs> it was purple. It was purple. Yeah. But uh, yes, it's it's a testament to his uh, dedication to it. It's pretty cool. Are live shows at all on the docket, or is it one day? What has to happen? It like, happened. do the stars have to align? It almost happened. Like, it almost yeah. happened this summer, and then and then uh, uh, Joel had like a, it was a week off, and then it turns out that I'm actually ended up getting booked for something in Chicago that weekend, so I can't do it. The oh. Metro in Chicago. And who are you playing with? With the pauses. Oh, can you talk about the pauses a little bit? Sure. Just, uh, I've been playing drums for them, you know, uh, when they need me and when I can, when I'm available. And so that's a sold out show at the Metro in Chicago. Wow. With uh, Jawbox. Holy shit. Crazy. We're doing four dates with them this summer. Two of them are already sold out. One of them is at um, the 930 Club in D.C., and then in like Austin and Dallas. That's unreal. Yeah, it's wow. Kind of what a what a great opportunity. Yeah, pretty cool. So I've been playing with them for a couple of years um, yeah. when I'm available, and and uh, yeah, so it ended up being you know like a fly out gig uh, for Chicago that weekend anyway. So I would have had to really probably let these guys down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, we'll we'll get it together at some point. Um, but we're not really. I mean, we've been friends for twenty some odd years, and we'll be friends for the rest of the time that we have left so it's like <laughs> it's not like it's very sweet yeah. <laughs> so it's not like I don't see it as a rush I don't think you do either right get there yeah we'll figure it out how long have you been playing drums because I, I I believe I remember when you kind of started it was a long time ago you kind of teaching yourself right because yeah. you're primarily a guitarist right mm-hmm uh, drums for whenever our drummer would leave his drums at my house. So. Nobody in this band is on their prime. Yeah, band. we're not on our prime. Yeah, band. you guys are all <laughs> saxophone. Joel was drums initially. Yeah, and now it's his guitar. But yeah, uh, I don't know, man. Probably fifteen, fifteen years seriously. Yeah, because I, th- I think it was after Brownie Points broke up. I remember you like were really starting to play the drums. Yeah, yeah. So right, yeah, you get to kind of like sit in the back and not worry about anything. <laughs> So, uh, the only question I have for you is, who do you think you are? Uh, <laughs> I love the dead man. Who do you think you are? Um, <laughs> we only got a couple more questions, but we brought up brownie points a few times. We've talked about it enough, so we don't need to continually drag it out. Thank but you. <laughs> <laughs> but, but. <laughs> Now, you guys were a ska band at a time when ska was, I guess, arguably much more popular than it is now. What is it about it that is... Why is it so maligned? Like, there's so many of those bands from that day, the third wave. I like the old stuff, too, but there's so many of those bands from the third wave. I listen to them all the time. Still, they hold up. Why is it so... Malign. Did you get a lot of blowback, like with the horns and everything? Or I'm much more accepting of it now than I was then. There is a lot of crap yeah, from that era, but any era, yeah. any genre that gets that big that quick, 
it happens. I mean, God, the whole the emo but and drive. A lot of the there's, there's still some also great stuff. Less than Jake still playing. Mephiscopheles coming to town next month. Mephiscopheles is coming to yeah. town. <laughs> wow, this stuff is still. I think this is a natural there. natural progression. Mm-hmm. Like ska bands turn into punk bands, turn into <laughs> other stuff. Pup was a ska band. Were they? Yeah, before they were Topanga, they were a ska. No Jeff shit. Jeff Rosenstock. Uh, these, so these are two huge influences yeah. on us today. Also came from the ska world. And now we're like, we have horns on our songs, and yeah. it doesn't have to be scotch, just, yeah. just songs. Like, it's, and I don't even know that it has to be punk rock, because, like, we have a fucking acoustic EP in us that's, a, that's what is that called? What are we calling it? The Fire? Campfire? The campfire EP. It's going to be, like, you know, uh, James Taylor. So, whatever. I think it's great. You just got to do what you want. That's fantastic. That's it. Yeah. You guys are at a point now where you kind of just can do whatever you want, but it's it's cool to see. But can do nothing at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, because yeah. you 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 know you're a family man, you're career oriented and all that. Do you do you feel any kind of vindication? And you can still do this shit, and you you, ba- you balance both. Most people can't balance both because the way it looks to us, you know, you've always been very sort of successful in life, and mm-hmm. you can still do the punk rock shit, and you can do a backflip. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you a fucking black belt? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you got like 17 balls in the air. No, I mean, my black belting is down to an absolute minimum these days. That's uh, all. My back flipping is almost non-existent. I, mean, I can't so, kick above my waist. So yeah, it's just He'll all, break all his ribs. It's all gears, you know? It's all gears. Uh, do I feel vindicated? I don't know. I... I I don't feel much of anything. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a blur? Or are you just numb? Uh, yeah, I, like, I, I was. I was always playing music, so I don't. I don't feel like I went away too much. Uh, Josh, I think, was out of it a bit. How do you away, feel vindicated? I'm a feel... Dashboard Confessional Spider-Man Two soundtrack. <laughs> the hit. Down kit. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I. I feel like this band was a life goal accomplished. Cool. To get. I like that back into it yeah man that's awesome i'm just doing it for the friendship but just to be able to hang out with these guys like and like talk about something other than like you know some bullshit <laughs> you know so just like to be exciting yeah. have we do that yeah and play a lot of ping pong but yeah. but but to have like just like a common interest and like a common goal and like i don't know we've been buddies forever and like i said it's it's just great to have this thing to get a reason to get together every once in a while yeah it's like us you big yeti looking that's, <laughs> that's, i mean that was actually like part of the reason why we talked about doing the podcast was like getting together and kind of just sharing stories and just talking about things that we're passionate about and that's actually like we started doing the band again and we, we recorded that because it was like just a lot of fun to be around each other and play and you know we're going to be friends no matter what but it was yeah. one of those things where it's like it's cool to do something that you love with people that you care about and just have fun with it. It's just like you get to yeah. create with people that you want to surround yourself with. Yeah. And there's, there's, yeah, we absolutely can be 100% honest with one another and like there's no problems because we've been through like, you know, this is no feelings. Yeah. No feelings. <laughs> <laughs> feel nothing. Well, there's no, I think part of it's like there's no expectation, right? Like it's no, just kind yeah. of like we just yeah. want to play music and I think that being kind of, people that have played in punk rock and music and and all that for all these years like that's such it, it has kind of permeated our entire lives like it is it is absolutely like the part of our lives right and then you just kind of like it's cool to be able to still do that i think if more people came from that place things would be a lot better as far as music goes honestly 
Like if they wrote, if they wrote honest music, easier. We always kind of struggle with, you know, are we doing everything that we should? And we're like, but I don't want to do all that. That's a lot. Like, why would we do that? Let's just just write a write a record that we like to play that we would listen to ourselves. Yeah, and if people want to listen to it, cool. If they don't, just as long as you're happy with this honest thing that you made, like that you can look back on when you're 60 years old and smile about yeah. it, that's rad. Yeah. yeah. Words to live by, man. That's good. I guess the last question, we, you know, every other episode we do uh, like a top five countdown. We recommend shit to people. So we wanted to know from both of you guys, you know, what is it besides your own music? It could be anything. Music, movies, any type of stuff that you're into right now you want that more people should be hearing, watching, listening to. Marvel's Avengers This little indie film. Uh, you haven't heard of it, but it's... Uh, well, we said it before. Pup's got a new record out. Yes. It's really fucking great. awesome. It's great, man. Um, this, we... Me and Josh and a couple other friends, uh, Casey and Jordan, actually, from Virginity, uh, we all went to New York to go see Jeff Rosenstock play his residency at the Bowery Ballroom. Yeah. And he oh, cool. Ramen. So the four of us went up there and saw him a collective five or six times. <laughs> and it was fucking phenomenal. Like, it's going to be a live album. Yeah, it's a live. It's going to be a live album. And, and like... I, those, I can highly recommend those two things. So, <laughs> so, you don't have to do five. Just whatever so, comes to so mind. So Jeff Rosenstock in Ramen? Jeff yeah. Rosenstock in Ramen. I would recommend Ramen. Ramen in New York he, is unreal. Yeah. He is a like top-tier ramen chef. <laughs> yeah. Tiger Ramen one of these days. Working on it. I say that, but he still hasn't given me a taste yeah. test. It looks to be a top-tier. I don't know about the taste yet. <laughs> Do you have like an idea for a restaurant name? That was it. White Tiger. White Tiger. Okay, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Nice. Oh, and uh, I think you should leave on Netflix. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were telling us to leave. I thought you leave. I think you should get the oh, fuck out of my house. And get the fuck and out. And I was like, yes, okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> the new Andrew Bird record's fucking phenomenal. Um, I haven't heard that one yet. Not a very punk rock thing to say, but <laughs> I'm also not punk rock unless I'm hanging out with him or other people that are punk rock. Listen, I'm, I've been listening to Kato Kato Benito or whatever her what, name is. What did you and just it's say? Like the, it's absurd. So it's like the least punk rock. <laughs> I think he's having a stroke. <laughs> Do you smell toast? Smell, that, makes, toast. that makes no sense what you just said. I mean, that's really all we got. You know, I know you guys Great. are about to have practice and whatnot. So um, thanks for talking to us, sitting down, letting us balance our equipment on your things <laughs> in your house, in your home. I have very sturdy things here. Balance your stuff <laughs> Well, thanks for coming over and uh, not making me go to wherever it is you guys do this when you're not here. <laughs> in our separate houses away from yeah. each other so that we can walk away from each other and immediately. Thanks to Josh for showing up to Yeah, thanks, my Josh. That was, That's right. that was a really cool bonus. We appreciate it.